uh, all three meeting up so we can see how it would go. King Solomon has some very important things to say, but so does Jesus. This is a meeting where the jinx will certainly have much to do. I can see that happening now. This is LDO Collins, episode 569, Jesus, Jinx, and King Solomon. Elder Yochanan, your certified spiritual advisor, is here to help you with your everyday life. A specialist in wealth, a specialist in success, a specialist in love, and a specialist in good fortune. The four supernatural blessings in your life. You can reach him at Elder Yochanan, Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. Now, here's Elder Yochanan. Islam. 
The reason we know this is because Jesus, make it interesting, it's not some of veiled reference to Solomon's power. In Matthew twelve forty two it reads, The Queen of Sheba shall stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For she came from a wisdom of Solomon. Someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. Now, although Jesus is mentioning that he is of greater wisdom than Solomon, he mentions Solomon because he knows, he knows that Solomon was considered the wisest person on earth. Yeah. This, of course, can be gleaned from reading the Old Testament Book of Kings, as well as the Jewish literature books, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, and Proverbs, that are often ascribed to Solomon. There is, however, another passage that is a bit more direct in the of the Testament of Solomon which is an Old Testament pseudographical book and it's littered with the direct references that Solomon used Jen to build the temple as well as using them for other purposes. Now although in those books they also refer to them as demons, this be seen, and this book is in public domain, by the way, and can be readily found online by searching the title. It is the above-mentioned book that the greater keys of Solomon and other magical texts were eventually derived. There's another another text that referenced Solomon's use of gin. <coughs> The Apocalypse of Adam, which is a Nazi gospel found in the cache of Nazi gospels in Nad Hammadi, contains references to a legend in which Solomon sends out his gin to seek a virgin that ran away from him. Now this text may perhaps, perhaps be the earliest mention that Solomon controlled Jen and made them his servants and you know people don't you don't know that. You don't know that. Solomon had Jen had Jen as servants and slaves. Now the above leads me to believe that Jesus knew of the fact that Solomon has the kind of control, the kind of control over demons and angels. And by saying greater one than Solomon is here, he was stating that he too has this power. Now that's something to think about. He actually, we actually know 
he did. Jesus is found controlling demons, as many as 25, reference to him, casting them out. He clearly had his power as well. But I digress. Solomon not only controlled the jinns, they actually were ever present and around him all the time. They were also part of his army. Uh oh. He placed them in bondage, them in line, as the Quran states. And before Solomon was marshaled his hope of jinn and men and birds, and they all kept in order and ranks. Now I won't go. I won't go that much in depth in his history with jinn. But if you are interested in the Quran, is one of the best places to find this information. I would also suggest the aforementioned of the Testament of Solomon, the Old Testament pseudographical book, for many direct references to Solomon's control over these entities. Over these entities. Yes, Solomon. Solomon had control of jinn. Now, do you see Solomon had control of jinn? Now, the first, first, the most famous jinn, Satan or Iblis, as stated the Islamic accession of Satan, is named Iblis. He is not a devil, demon, or an angel for that matter. In this quite, quite different bit from the other traditions, what it was was a jinn. of Lucifer, Ibli was a fervent and most loyal and almost God-fearing spiritual entity in heaven. He was so holy and devoted that he used to hold court with the angels. Now it takes a very rare spiritual being to have the ability to live in the angelic realm and not be an actual angel. To Iblis, dismay. He was about to be tested. God decided to make Adam. He made him out of clay, Ibli thought was beneath him. Ibli, in his curiosity, decided to see what this clay figurine was all about. Since Ibli was not of this material, he was able to flow inside this clay body. This was, this was, of course, before God had placed a soul. God finally placed a soul into Adam. He asked the angels and Emily to bow down 
before Adam. Not to be worshipped, but out of respect for Adam. And by extension, God's creation abilities. All bowed with the exception of Ibley. And I'm sure this sounds familiar. I'll for me. Ibley refused to bow down because he felt that Adam was weeping. Even by God's command. Well, as it goes, when you disobey God, you get in trouble. But in all fairness, God did give Ibley a chance to make things right. Ibley continued to stand his ground. This resulted, resulted in Ibley's being cursed until the day of judgment. When he realized the gravity of his curse, he asked God for a favor. Now, Solomon asked God for anything, essentially spitting in his face. Ibley asked that God give leniency until the day of resurrection. God grants this to him. Then Ibley in another act of insolence, bound that he will lead all humanity astray. Not only does he vow this, he swears by the name of God. And God's very reminiscent of the book of Job challenges Ibley to do this. Go ahead and lead him to this astray. Okay, sorry for that disagreement there. Yeah, it's a bad disagreement too. Yeah, something which we could not do without. Okay, delivered to another act of insolence, but he will lead astray all of humanity. Not only does he bow this, he swears by the name of God, and God Reminiscent in the book of Job challenges Ibli to do this. Go ahead and lead them astray. And that he did. Ibli from that moment on became the great Satan and adversary to mankind. Up next, my experience with the gin. And after that, we will discuss the ways to call upon the gin. Now, when I started to work with the gin, I figured there would be no different than working with other entities. I figured even if they are not exactly demons or angels or spirits of dead, it would be the energy that I was already familiar with to some degree. Well, I was very wrong. If anything, these entities are worth more in your face than anything I work with in my occult experience. I use gin for the following purposes. One, telepathic or psychic ability. Two, for financial purposes. This was amazing. The reason I only used them 
But two things is because I figured in order to get the feel of them, I didn't want to bog myself down with many requests. It's also the reason I didn't use other magic while using them. I used those purposes. I used them for those purposes, however. However, they can be used for other purposes as well, and that is what I will present here. I will, of course, use the above two purposes as, as examples as well. Now, my first ritual on psychic abilities. And all the rituals work, but this one was a bit more putting off or off-putting than the others. And that was because this particular gen really messed with my head. Despite being an occultist for decades, I was not used to the level of paranormal activity I experienced with this gen. But before I get into that, let me tell you how this worked for me. We all want to develop better psychic and telepathic power. Now, you know that. Don't you want more... Don't you want better psychic power? So I figured this was an easy one to try. It worked very well. Every single day, I experienced some kind of telepathic power. It would display itself as a hushed voice in my right ear, sometimes as a nerd. Sometimes it was irrelevant to what I wanted to know, and other times, no. For example, I walked into a local bookstore just when they were opening. I went up to the history section. I'm a huge buff of history. Suddenly I heard in my ear my name. My name. But not just my name, but it was really loud. I turned around and no one was there. Not a soul. I really, truly heard it. I thought I was losing my mind. But this happened the day after my first ritual. So I thought it must be the gin. As the adrenaline rush subsided, I decided to sit down and read for a bit. Then I saw someone walk in my direction. I immediately felt. I knew quite a bit about this person. Mind you, I didn't know this person. He sits at my table, and the table is suitable for two people facing each other. He left his bag on the table and went to get a book. I thought, hmm, huh, he is getting a book written by the Dalai Lama. Well, that's exactly what he got. And mind you, this is a big store, and this department contains many topics. As he proceeded to read through, he let out a sigh. I don't usually make conversation that easy in public places, but I felt compelled to say interdependent origination is a tough topic, isn't it? I figured I couldn't, 
I couldn't be loose with that. Yeah, I thought I could lose saying that. It would either hit the nail on the head or create conversation about Tibetan Buddhism. He looked at me for a second and said, how about you know what? That's what I was thinking about. I told him I read the book, but I didn't. I couldn't tell him a gin was whispering in my ear. I'd been a patty cell. I had a few other incidences, and then suddenly the telepathic power began to wane. In fact, I fell off. Not so much depressed, but sort of foggy. That was nothing, though. What transpired over the next few days was truly unnerving. Every night, for about three nights, weird things would occur. For one, my dog, she was terrified. For those three nights, she quivered and kept looking into this one corner. Poor girl. I didn't see anything myself. But she was petrified and would run under my desk, shaking like a leaf. This girl is a pity. And bravely, and and generally brave, but she wasn't for those nights. On top of that, stuff was falling over all the time. I can hear bumps and thuds throughout the night. One night, one night. With several witnesses present, the top shelf of one of my bookcases literally came crashing down and the books scattered all around the living room. The top shelf is where I kept the smaller books, so it wasn't the way. On the third night, I had just about enough. I went for a walk with my dog. When I got back, my statue of a godless here was on the base of my bed. Yeah. And was the floor on the floor face down. Now, I didn't witness the fall. I didn't witness. I tell you, I didn't witness. But I know, I know it was not on the floor when I left. At this point, I had enough, and I rebuked the deer and told her to stop doing that. Well, it worked. The noise and the event stopped. My dog was back to normal. It was then that I learned that Jen will listen if you use some force. So that concluded my experience. Now, I may use Jen again for this purpose, but I think I'm going to wait a bit. I might need a tougher. I might need to get tougher next time. So you see, Jen ain't nothing to fool with. Now, I thought that financial magic with Jen would work some very tangible results. Like the first experience, the insight was either in my was either in my right ear or a nudge. 
I was taking a walk, just taking it all, despite being born here and living here six months out of the year, I'm still taken by it all. Now, Chicago is great for cultists, by the way. For the most part, many of us are introverted, so so we're in a sea of people. It's easy to be in your own space. It's ironic how that works. Now, back to my experience. As I was walking down, I heard, and in my ear, the next grocery store sells lotto tickets. That's all I got. It didn't say go in or anything else. Just the next grocery store sells lottery tickets. After my first encounter with Jen, I figured it was a good idea to listen. So I go in and then, of course, I have every conceivable lottery game, from the scratch-offs to regular six-number lotto games. I am not really into gambling. It has never been my thing. But I had to buy something. I didn't want to look like some freak just walking to the store staring at lotto games. I looked at the counter where he kept some five-hour energy drinks and similar knockoffs as well as some unsavory precautions to enhance sexual experience. Personally, I would never buy a liquor concoction with a woman and a tiger on it. That doesn't doesn't that seem appealing? So, on top of the counter, said one, win $2,500 a week for life. Scratch off ticket. It was all alone there. I asked him if I could buy it and a second one, and he only had that one. Apparently, they run out of these kinds of cards. Instead of keeping it on the roller that they come in, they just leaving it and leave it at the counter. So I brought it, $5, one of the cheaper scratch-offs. From what I saw, some are $20. I felt rather embarrassed to scratch it off in front of the guy. So I decided to do it when I got home. I went home and started to scratch off the numbers to see if it matched any prizes. Well, I did win money. I won my $5 back. But here's where the miracle happened. I went downstairs to the local bodega, that's a Spanish grocery store, and decided to cash in the ticket. I felt a bit silly that I had bought a $5 ticket to win only five. Then that nudge came to buy another ticket, but this time for my local store. So I bought another another ticket with the five. I had one. That one I scratched right in the store. And, well, 
I won $250. I had to look several times to make sure I wasn't seeing things. No, it was a clear day. It was as clear as day. I won $250. If I didn't hear that initial gen, I wouldn't have even thought about the lotto tickets. So that was a very nice, I have to say so. I cashed it right there. They can cash up to $600 from what I understand. Any more than that, you need to go to the lotto office. But that was very nice. So I spent the money buying books and gave some away. Yeah. The second account. This was certainly not striking as the first one, but still quite amazing. I tended to walk a lot. I tended to walk a lot. I was walking someplace owned by a fame, owned by fame chef Mario Batali. I tend to walk from my place along the same avenues to cut through faster. But this time, that gin nudged me to take a circuitous route. It took me through, it took me through, well, it took me through Chicago, through Roosevelt, and anyway, I listened as I go to West 37th Street. I look down, and there is a $10 bill. I quickly pick it up. It is always packed. And you need to move fast. I figured it. I figured that was nice. I continued to walk. But this time, I figured I'd go through, oh, 12th now. I thought the gym was finished. Apparently, he or she was not. I felt that nerve to stay on Roosevelt for just a bit longer. Finally, I'm on the street that I need to be. So I walk, and about a block from my destination, there is another $10 bill. I mean, really? What are the chances? I walk and walk since I was a kid and never had consecutive money fines. Sure, I'll see pennies and occasionally a quarter, but two $10 bills within 10 to 15 minutes of each other, no, no, no. Something, something seems a bit too coincidental for me. So now I had an extra $20 in my pocket. $20 will get you, well, it'll get you good, but it was $20 I hadn't had before. After that, I figured I had learned enough about the G&G and felt it was time to go ahead and talk about it. Unlike the first gin ritual I performed, this one didn't even come all 
didn't come with all the noises and scary events. This gen, this gen, I'll tell you something. This gen did its thing, and it was done. Now, I'm sure that if I had spent more time with the financial ritual, it could yield more. I will soon. I'm curious to see how far this can go. I am not. I did not get into every single thing that happened, but these examples are the ones that truly stood out. They might they might not sound like much, but that is only because I didn't want to push it too far just yet. In either case, the above is pretty interesting. I would love to know the gin worked for you. Yeah, I love to know it. I love to know it. But but you have got to figure out this those gin for yourself. Yep, you've got to figure it out for yourself. Those gin can leave you money and leave you enough money so that you know you got it. Yeah, they can leave you money. And all I can say is I I know the Lord. That's all. I know the Lord. I know the Lord laid his hand on me. Tell somebody, I know the Lord laid his hand on me. Here's one 
Here's one that I know you can you can listen to and it will be all right. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, it's amazing, how the Lord is and He's always when I'm tired, when I'm thirsty, when I'm thirsty, He gives me water, I've tried Him, and I know He wants to know you can call Him,
our first spiritual candlelight service. We're right here. Now, you had better, first of all, you're going to need some olive oil. You're going to need some olive oil. But if you send me an email, I will tell you what to get. If you send me an email, I'll tell you what to get. Now, the email I'm listening to is Elder Yokanen. Elder Yokanen. Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N. At mail.com. Now, again, Elder Yokanen. Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N. At mail. M-A-I-L. Dot com. Now, you need to get in touch with me because we got we have so many things for you, so many things. But go ahead, go ahead and figure it out. Figure it out yourself. Be in this spiritual candlelight service. Yes, be it. And it's Wednesday, August 22nd. Wednesday, August 22nd at 7 p.m. And it's from 7 p.m. to about 8.30. And to let you know, I will be the settlement and Madam Shalice will be a speaker. So that's something for you. This spiritual candlelight service. Yes, and we stop, we, we're doing some things. We're doing some things. The spiritual candlelight service. Now, I ask you, I ask you to get some olive oil in. Get a bottle of olive oil. Now, you just send me, you just send me your name, your address, and whatnot, and I will send you the paper we will be using to put our petitions on. You see, because I will be burning those petitions. Yes, I will be burning. I will burn burn the ones which are for sins. I'll burn the ones which are for things that aren't right. And you will burn the ones for your request. Yes, you'll burn them. But this is a special event for everybody. Everybody. This is a special event. The spiritual candlelighting service will be for you August 22nd. August 22nd, Wednesday, August the 22nd. But you got to hurry up. You got to send in your request. Hurry up now. Send today if you can. Because I will be looking for you. And I will be hoping that you will be here. And we can use you. Okay? Now, I will be celebrating. Master Lee will be a speaker 
So you know you you know you need you need to be it. You know it. You know it. It is going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. A spiritual candlelight service is going to be that. But write me, write me, so that I can get your supplies ready. Okay? Now, well, everything is fine. Everything is fine. You have been a good, a good audience and a good well, a good friend for me. Someone to talk to. And someone which will tend to your every need. So God bless you. God keep you. And God lift up his face upon you. May he bless you going out. And may he bless you coming in. And then, you know, we don't have anything else until Sunday. This Sunday. So, all of you, to all of you, God bless you. This is Elder Yokanen, Ari, Ben God, saying, God bless you, and God keep you, and God lift up his eyes upon you. And give you peace. And goodbye. Elder Yokanan, your certified spiritual advisor, is here to help you with your everyday life. A specialist in wealth, a specialist in success, a specialist in love, and a specialist in good fortune. The four supernatural blessings in your life. You can reach him at Elder Yokanan, Y O C H A N A N, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois. Six oh six one.